0: Hello and welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, and joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Shannon. Hello. Brody. Hello. And Kieran. Hello. Hey, Kieran, I believe you've had the opportunity to play some Splatoon 3. Uh, how yes.
1: was this? Uh good really good um I've only sort of played the the single player component of it so far I haven't had uh, access to the online portion um hopefully the servers will go live pretty soon um, but if you're a if you're a splatoon fan there's a lot to love about the story mode um it kind of delves into some like kind of weirdly deep cuts of splatoon lore and introduces oh. you to a lot of the new weapons and stuff that you'll be playing with in a multiplayer and has some really really cool boss fights and locations so um, yeah it's it's easily my favorite of the splatoon games so far at least based on what I've played of it um, and what they're doing with the new abilities and weapons and stuff so um, yeah i'm I'm keen to get how, stuck into the multiplayer.
0: How compelling is the story like I've only played splatoon kind of at events where it's kind of been on offer to jump into a multiplayer session I've really enjoyed that but like. As someone that's not really spent any considerable time playing them, certainly not a campaign before, is there a compelling mm. narrative to kind of jump in here and experience the first time?
1: Uh, uh, not really. Like, it's, it very much is a backseat to the multiplayer stuff. Um, but, this, like, this time at least they give you a bit of incentive to play and, and to play through everything and unlock everything because you do get access to, like, these logs that basically explain some of the history of the Splatoon world um and some of the characters and stuff. So that that side of it's pretty cool, but I mean it's definitely not like a, a big concurrent narrative or anything like that.
0: Brody, are you much of a Splatoon fan? Is this one that you would consider playing?
2: Um no, not really, not a huge fan. I've never played it before. That might come as a surprise to some, I guess. But uh um What is this cutesy shooter? Where's the blood and guts? <laughs> yeah, well t- truth be told, I didn't even know it had a single player component. But um yeah and I've always tended to stray away from first-party Nintendo games focused on multiplayer, because I don't think online is something they do particularly well. So, uh, mm. yeah, no, it hasn't been on my radar, unfortunately. Well, I guess that remains to be seen
0: until we can hear a report back from Kieran about how it kind of holds up um, multiplayer-wise. Although, I'm not familiar if there being been any issues with previous Splatoon games. Um no, they've I'm always sure done a good job think wrong on that.
1: They've always done a good job at engaging the community and the online stuff. Like they have the like Splatfests and stuff where you like you know people vote on uh, questions that they put out to the community by winning matches and stuff. That's nice. always been really cool.
0: There's going to be more on not engaging the community a little later in the show. But Shannon, what about you? Are you going to be playing some Splatoon 3?
3: Um, look, I might jump in oh, this you weekend.
0: Hinch, yeah. Oh, okay. No, you came through eventually. <laughs> just the mic really? needed to warm up for a bit, a little bit. Yeah.
3: Hello. I need to do we my got, singing yeah, warm good. ups
0: again. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> I might jump in this weekend just because there's not a lot else happening. I feel like it's one of those games that I play for maybe like five or ten hours. And then for me, it's just like, there's not a lot of reason to go back. It's quite repetitive. But if you've got a group of people, I know people spend hundreds of hours So that's not a knock on the game, it's more just I'm not someone who can mindlessly play these types Mm. of games for dozens of hours with not much new things happening.
0: Yeah, I can't see it replacing Apex Legends for me in that, in that regard. <laughs> uh, well, do go and read Harry's review over on the side. He's got a full, um, full write-up on his thoughts of the game so far. But let's get stuck into the big news of the day, and that is these Assassin's Creed leaks. Uh, notable leakers Tom Henderson and Jason Schreier both reporting multiple Assassin's Creed games are set to be announced this weekend in addition to the already revealed Assassin's Creed Mirage, which we discussed last week, if you recall. Um, they're thought to be announced at the Uber event this sunday i think it's at 5 a.m um so i'm sure we'll have more to say next week should that end up being true um but the first game reported to be in existence in the assassin's creed franchise per these these reports uh, is codenamed red and will be set in feudal japan with early concepts featuring a samurai-like assassin brody i'm gonna come to you first This has long been anticipated. Does this sound like a game that would interest you in this day and age?
2: Uh, Yeah, well, like I said last week, um, I feel like the more efforts they take to sort of diversify, I guess, this franchise and do some Mm. unique things with it, I think the better it will be. Um, And yeah, obviously they've been hinting at slash teasing a feudal Japan game for a while um, I had thought that there were hints at it in that Embers animated film that they did, which was like attached to Revelations or something, but I've read the synopsis before and apparently she was Chinese, so not exactly the same. Um, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, like I'd, I'd be keen to see what they would do with it. I'm not sure in a world where Ghost of Tsushima are existing, like what they can do to sort of, uh, I guess be the dominant player in that, uh, setting I guess because uh, that game did it so well um mm. and it was for all intents and purposes basically Assassin's would Creed yeah would you see it lending itself to kind of
0: that big open world RPG like we know Assassin's Creed games to be now or would you prefer it was a more focused thing like we spoke about Mirage yeah. last week
2: yeah I, I, I can only speak for myself but my days of playing the 80 to 100 hour rpg open world odyssey assassin's Mm. creed games is pretty much done so like yeah i was keen to hear that mirage should be more focused and a bit more yeah uh, i well not linear so you'd
0: hope this would be the same i take it
2: yeah like i hope all the games they're doing and all the ones we'll speak speak about today are sort of in that vein like a bit more uh yeah just more controlled and less filler i guess I'll get
0: your opinion on the next one in a moment, but Kieran, like, do you think this could stack up against the likes of Ghost of Tsushima? I feel like we were all hankering for an open-world Japanese Assassin's Creed game for so long, and then Ghost of Tsushima came out and very much did exactly that. Do you think... What do you think this game would have to do different to kind of stand up against that one? Uh,
1: I think, like, as as much as I agree with Brody on wanting the, the smaller, more focused games, I think that actually... Do better to keep going with that RPG focus on this one to make it different from Tsushima because that was very much like old school Assassin's Creed and feel and focused a lot on like the idea of samurai film and stuff like that. I think if they're going to do a, a Japanese Assassin's Creed, they should potentially hone in more on those like rich worlds and RPG elements that they have in the modern Assassin's Creed games, maybe not as big. Um, if it's going to be a part of this new Assassin's Creed Infinity thing, which I'm sure we'll touch on later, mm. um, maybe they have an excuse to make it a bit smaller this time. Um, but I, I like the idea of like it almost almost reminds me of like a cross between Ghost of Tsushima and I don't know if anyone played like Bioware's Jade Empire, but that like rich RPG set in like you know a, mm. a, a different kind of environment. So yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I like. Uh, Assassin's Creed games especially like the previous ones like I've very much thought of like verticality and I don't think um Ghost of Tsushima really kind of gave a lot of that and a lot of that is down to the setting I suppose um but uh, yeah I'm interested to see kind of what um they do within Assassin's Creed world to kind of um take that up and notch I suppose like you know we don't really see like a big kind of city I suppose I, I don't particularly know if they existed really and I guess like historical accuracy is one thing um but yeah I kind of think there's a bit more they could perhaps do with the environment that makes it a little bit more Assassin's Creedy rather than Ghost of Shushimary making up words that are hard to say um but i feel like it could stand apart on that but anyhow it's getting hard to kind of talk about this in isolation without the context of these other reported leaks as well the second was codenamed hex and the set during the latter stages of the roman empire and resol- and revolves around witch trials um like in comparison to the to codename red the one set in feudal japan how does this one sit in comparison to you
2: Yeah, I think this one of the two is definitely the more compelling to me in terms of setting and theme and all that sort of stuff. Like, it's, again, not really an area they've necessarily explored. And I'd be curious to know, because obviously Odyssey and Origins, to a degree, they'd sort of delved into mythologies and stuff like that. So it'd be cool if they sort of, being witch trials, whether they went, like, a weird, like, supernatural route with it. Um, Yeah. And, I'm, like, just the whole idea of, like, the two games we're talking about, like, they're not even remotely linked in terms of, like, you know, uh, what they're about. So, like, I like the mm-hmm. idea that they're turning Assassin's Creed potentially into this, like, anthology sort of series almost where they can have these contained stories, like, within this possibly platform like we're talking about. But, um yeah. Yeah. So the last tidbit that's come from all this is that Assassin's Creed Infinity will
0: also reportedly be revealed, which is set to kind of be a platform of future games. And and obviously it's not clear at this stage what exactly that entailed, but it has been kind of kicked around as a concept for a little while. But yeah, to your point, Brody, like I love the idea that Assassin's Creed, like let's assume Infinity, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it too, um, is kind of like this hub world where you are like in Animus as the corporation and you are like kind of... um, I know it's weird to talk about without getting like a metaverse sort of vibe, but there is kind of a central character that is going off or a purpose and going off and exploring all these worlds. Well they almost you get cool kind
2: of like. Yeah, they've always done that, in a sense, like, with that modern-day story that they had for a while with uh, Desmond and then that other character in the later games. Yeah, so
0: I think, like, going... Very much, like, going back to that, right, and kind of making that, like, the kind of... Almost a launcher, I suppose, for each of these new titles. Hmm. You kind of go into this kind of... I don't know, there are, like... um, Like, your VR kind of games work like this, right? Like, and Roblox works like this, and Fortnite's work like this, right? Where you kind of go into this kind of virtual room or space or environment and then walk through doorways and go into kind of mini games and stuff. I'm kind of imagining it like that. Um, and as weird as that sounds, maybe that does pave the way for cool, like anthology series and they can do something that's like heavily mythology based and it's a bit different. Like all of the cool little things they've done in Assassin's Creed games, they can kind of split off and make their own and really own those rather than trying to jam them all together um so yeah i think personally i think this is the kind of most exciting thing of this because it does open up so many doors like it does open up like a feudal japan set game it does open up like some super natural thing with witch hunts um granted they were not real witches it might, <laughs> it might be worth mentioning that in regard to witch hunts and trials um yeah i don't know brody what were you gonna say what do you, what do you think about no this? i was just
2: gonna say how can you then like say say where somewhere right in terms of what we're expecting this to be like how do you see the platform playing out do you see them maybe releasing infinite uh, infinity as like a free-to-play almost hub world platform that maybe has a one world included or something like that but then you buy say red and then you buy hex and they yeah you know fill into that world and like become available through that
0: yeah i really kind of don't know to be honest like maybe it is I hate to think it would be, like, subscriptionary, but maybe you are kind of, like, buying season passes that open up new areas or that kind of thing. Um, Maybe it's all kind of contained within the game. I'm not sure.
3: For me, the most confusing thing is, like, about Infinity is, like, they've released, what, 20 or 30 Assassin's Creed games when you add in, like, side-scrollers and and whatever else. That might be pushing it a bit, but 20-plus. And it's, like, if... And I'm assuming they're not going to be bought in just because the reports say that it's these two bigger games after Mirage that will start Infinity. Like, I love that idea of it being like a hub of history where you can sort of scroll through times and the ages. But what does that mean for the 20 games that have already made yeah. covering all of these different time periods and areas? Like, unless they're added in, which might, might be the case. Like...
0: It feels like a really weird point to start doing that now, mm.
3: in my opinion.
0: I don't know. I'm definitely going down too down, deep down the rabbit hole, Rabbit hole, but like it'd be cool if you were kind of in a big, almost like a banquet hall or something. I guess if it's like Animus, it might be a bit like kind of dressed up and modern, I suppose. But if you're in a big banquet hall and that's kind of like all miraged and tapestried out and you start like filling in the blanks of this kind of timeline and stuff, that could be really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know, Kieran. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean I whenever I think about it I imagine it pretty much exactly what you said like a like a hub slash launcher area almost like like Destiny kind of vibes yeah. where like a like a social hub where people can walk around in their samurai outfits that they've unlocked in codename Red and like you know talk to their friends and Ubisoft can like dress it up weekly on based on like whatever brand they've bought into like Pepsi or whatever and you know, it's Pepsi week in Assassin's Creed Infinity everything looks no, like Pepsi God. you know like I, I can imagine, I, I, can, I can just, this, I no. can, <laughs> I can really see it being like this, like, like you said, this hub thing that they're just going to take full advantage of and, mm. and really kind of have a lot of live service type stuff inside of that, as well as obviously the, the games attached to it. Mm.
0: All right. I'm conscious we're going deep on this now, but Shannon, I do want to ask you one final question. And that is, how do you feel about these leaks? Like, it, assuming this all ends up being true do you have any kind of sympathy for the developers like so close to what appears to be an imminent announcement or is this kind of fair journalism, it's fair game? Mm. Um, yeah, well, nothing
3: here is really new, I guess, in terms of like Japan, I guess the witchcraft mm. stuff is, but everything else we've heard of for quite a long time. But yeah, I think that is the, the key point, the fact that we're like four or five days out of, seeing this and I really didn't take part in this conversation because I have seen what is going to be shown. So I didn't want that it's to very affect the discussion. I didn't fire
0: too many questions at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And
3: that was noticed. Um, <laughs> and that, the leaks are obviously from that because one of the people who leaked it even said there is a media event happening on this day then leaked everything hours after. So for me, it's one thing to do reporting and get information months and years before a project is revealed. But like four or five days... Before reveal, when you know it's set in stone and what 's going to be shown like it 's very easy for me to say, "Oh, that is shit, because obviously, yes, we are preparing stories, and it this kinds of ruins that, but I just think like without artwork and without trailers and without the whole picture, like it mm. is doing a disservice to what is going to be shown and announced because people like us are speculating about it and only saying we don 't like this i don 't like it like it just feels unfair to do that four days out from A big event I don't really understand The purpose of it Whatsoever Like if it's a mistake Or something leaks Onto a storefront Which I fully expect Will happen anyway Like that's one thing But to just write a wall Of text And then like Summarize it Even with like Too lazy didn't read And then like just Blow the lid off Everything Just feels odd To me I don't quite get it But yeah It is what it is And I have no doubt It'll still be exciting Once we see everything Revealed
0: Yeah it's annoying. Uh, well, from one infinite to another, uh, let's talk about Halo Infinite, which had its roadmap updated um, for I think the kind of next year ahead. It was or at least half a year. Three Four Three in the process in revealed that they're canceling the local split screen co-op for the game. Um, which I'm sure some people will be devastated to hear. Um, online co-op is still happening, but not coming out now until November 8th, um, which, as you'll recall, is, is quite a delay um, from when it was originally slated to be. Uh, Kieran, I'll come to you firstly. What is your reaction to this news and the kind of slate of updates coming to Halo Infinite?
1: Well, I mean, admittedly, I'm not a big modern-day Halo fan. Um I have played barely any of Infinite, so I haven't really been keeping up. But this is probably the most prominent news that's come out in, in recent memory, like the fact that they've cancelled the um, the split screen co op. I mean, that's probably the only thing. Would you have an interest thing...
0: in playing split screen co op? Do you think? Yeah,
1: I think that that would have been the one thing to get me into it because I do have good memories mm-hmm. of of Halo Two split screen back in the day. Um, yeah. So, like, that's kind of disappointing to hear because, yeah, like I said, that would have been the one draw for me for that game, and it's kind of it feels like. Something like a cancellation like that almost flies under the radar as well because a lot of people have played it already, like two years ago, or uh, you know have it through Game Pass and don't really mind that they're not getting promised features in the end. um So it's kind of a weird one, but uh yeah, yeah the rest of I it. Mean, the rest I do of know it, I like lots of people have been
0: hanging out to play this co-op, and I don't know whether or not like they had intended to play it online or split screen. For me, it'd probably be online, but yeah, yeah. it's rough when like you're expecting something um, and it's been promised I guess as much as you can promise anything when it comes to video game development um, and hasn't been seen through um but this news has obviously ignited some pretty strong reactions from the halo community who have kind of vented their frustration about slow and insufficient rollouts of additional content um it's worth noting that the winter update coming out november 8th that comes with this uh, online co-op um also includes the forge beta which i know is big um and a th- but also like a 30 tier battle pass and only two new maps um brody
2: do you think they're doing enough to keep people playing halo infinite uh, no, not really, and they're not really doing enough to win people back either, I don't think, because I'd say, yeah. uh, people have got off this game in droves already, so, um, yeah, I Kieran made a good point, like, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to be critical about being a free-to-play game that's sort of available through your subscription service, but ultimately, like you said, these are promised features that have, uh, been delayed months and months and up to a year, um, for, for even some of them, but, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to know where to come down on it. Like, I'm not one that necessarily is up in arms about the split-screen couch co-op being cancelled because that's not the way I tend to play anymore. Like, I would be more happy to jump into co-op, like, you know, with the full use of my own TV without having to see, it with, like, three other little screens on it. But, um, yeah, like, it's a shame. Like, I don't know that there's any real way back for Halo at the moment. Like... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what else to I, say. Like, I, yeah, I don't. I'm the same. Like, I'm not going to pretend to be outraged
3: because I don't think I ever would have played if I was going to play this co-op. It would have been online rather than split uh, than than local. But yeah, for me, I think people are outraged because I correct me if I'm wrong, Brody, but they got rid of split screen co-op in five. I think I don't know. If I any think, before that, but I think that might be right from what I recall. And then I think they made like a huge deal about like bringing it back. For this one, in any future game, so to me, it's it's weird because I, I get like Xbox Xbox One probably couldn't run it, but surely Series X could run it so to scrap it all together is just an odd one for me yeah
2: yeah like it must have been in such a rough shape too but the weird thing is is like people have got it working anyway like yeah with modding like breaking the game basically so it's it's really weird but yeah like it's just such a they must have had a reason but i kind of just wish companies would
3: start being being more transparent about like what that reason is like if it was just too much work like kind of just just say that for some I
2: i think they have said that they're they've opted against following through with it to try and focus on development in other areas of the game which you take that to mean whatever you want whether it means they're trying to generate more content for stuff going forward because it, it doesn't seem like they can win like nothing they're going to do is yeah. going to be enough at this point i don't think like two, two, two maps yeah. a, a year after launch I, is not great uh, yeah. another battle pass like who cares forge, forge it might be the thing that could mm. uh
0: you know like but it uh, needs a community around it to make that into something turn that into yeah, something uh, for, for Forge or, already
2: forge, is, forge always Forge does tend to bring that sort of crowd in and everything i've seen of forge so far it does look really cool like it, it looks like a really um mm. well well done engine this time around so like you know it, that that could and user generated content like that could be the big thing that drives this forward and sort of you know, at least yeah. sparks a bit of a pulse and lets, uh, and uh to let 343 get their shit together, but at the minute, it's pretty bleak.
3: I think yeah. Kieran touched on it as well. Like, this is what th- these games are going to be from now on. And Xbox have, have said that, that these are Forza and Halo and such, like on Game Pass are very much... Live service games. Long-term propositions. So, and you're not really yeah. paying for the game, you're paying for the service. So, yeah, I guess and, it's and not it worked in getting really everything well. In six for- months.
0: Yeah, it has worked really well in over time for Sea of Thieves, I suppose. Um, yeah. But they, I feel like the kind of the con, the size of those content drops kind of stepped up in a big way, kind of over the last like three to four years. Um, yeah. And you know Look, they now sustain a pretty healthy community, but yeah, I don't know. Like it just feels like such a missed opportunity, at Halo Infinite. Like. Um, uh, there's such a, like a nostalgia sort of factor there that I think m- omitting something like low local co-op um, misses. Um, and uh, and and Tim Gettys this morning as well. Like credit to him for his this idea and not me. But like where are all the kind of classic maps as well? Like you could all all too easily be recreating them and adding it this in here. Um, and they might be easier to kind of turn around, but it just kind of feels like they're sticking like a little too hard to kind of dragging halo into this kind of um more contemporary format and they're leaving a lot of stuff on the table that kind of halo fans of of, of the years gone by um love and would lap up um i do wonder about yeah, how i don't know like- i wouldn't be making as big a song or dance about a new shield coming out in march as they are like it's things like that like <laughs> is that yeah. really the kind of key thing, one of the four key things you should be excited about, the other being a 100-tier battle pass and the other being a new weapon, like, show us the maps and do big map drops um, and include classic ones in there.
2: I do wonder um, how many of the new maps maybe they can't bring across because, you know, the the grapple hook or whatever maybe breaks mm. them to a degree. So, I, I don't know, unless they have to maybe disable that, like, have playlists of classic maps without those active or something like that. But...
0: yeah. I think it's unfortunate that Battlefield uh, twenty forty two or whichever it was called, um, I like didn't just didn't have the polish at launch that it needed to because I I thought the portal idea was really cool like essentially having kind of restricted modes and. Um, Uh, flexibility within the game to accommodate like the the maps of battlefield 3 and previous games and just kind of let players do what they wanted with them i thought that was a really kind of neat idea and i think one that'd be well suited for halo infinite um obviously just didn't
2: pan out given the quality of the rest of the game Um, the thing the thing i'm most concerned about as well with halo infinite is that we've got like the roadmap now for like what the next say six to 10 months or something like that and there's no yeah. sign whatsoever of any sort of single player dlc which has me a little bit concerned because the campaign teases it uh so like when are we ever going to get dlc for this game to
0: carry yeah. this on it's a bit i concerned. kind of
2: imagine this will be like very destiny-esque
0: in that kind of like you get kind of story campaigns kind of added well to it they the time. would
2: they would want to step their shit up because destiny drops shit like once every six months like they they've got all this super synthy stuff in there now too that's right now i am <laughs> that i need to look more into because i'm like am- kind of down to give that a go <laughs> i am back for destiny but uh yeah uh, Oh no yeah. They- we're gonna-, gonna lose brody to destiny again we'll never see him for yeah months. i'll be i'll be gone for 2023 i'll i'll see you later
0: <laughs> all right let's uh let's crack on then we've got one more segment for the day and that is tech time with shannon shannon tell us more about this new <laughs> xbox <laughs> controller <laughs> I need, like, a little um, jingle for Tech Time Rashad. I know.
3: I love it. it. Someone make I a love jingle. that it's my we'll segment yeah. it's a surprise every time it gets thrown to me. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so the Xbox C- Elite Series 2 controller core is a new white Elite controller. It's weird, this one, because the Elite controller in white had been leaking for months. And I went back and looked all the leaks, and none of them were this version. Like, everyone in the box and stuff was, like, a proper white Elite controller, so I don't know what's going on there, but this is an elite controller without all the components that we were talking about last week or the week before. All of those. This would be music to your ears. That you're gonna- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Xbox were listening. <laughs> scrapped their plans for the White Series too, and got rid of all of the magnetic <laughs> flaps that fly off. Um, yeah, so it's one hundred and ninety dollars compared to two fifty, and basically you're getting the Elite controller, so enhanced grips, forty hour battery life. Um, adjustable triggers, the better D-pad, all of that stuff, but the case, the dock, all of the different D-pad, all the different analog sticks, you're buying separately for $80, I think. So it's, it's, it's good. I feel like you're still better off buying the $250 version if you want that, but I feel like this is a cheaper way... So, it's not such a big gap between spending $80 for a controller and then 250 for the Elite. I feel like this is a good middle ground somewhere in the middle where you're getting a better controller that has the inbuilt battery and all that good stuff without having to fork out an extra $150. So, I like it,
0: but... Yeah, if I'm I think not mistaken, though, like, the... It doesn't come with all of the extra doodads that you can kind of then no. change and chop out Correct. to kind of customise but it. That's, that's what's in the $80 no, pack. Yes, but the Elite
3: controller has...
0: Advancements beyond
3: that, like that's like sure. for the super high end user, but it's still like just a good controller if you're wanting, but like yeah, something if you want kind of all line. the
0: extra bits and pieces, if you get the white controller, then you've the got to pack, spend like it, it yeah, you spend end it's spending more than the black two hundred. You if do you controller.
2: Yeah. As you someone do. with a as Which, someone with a series 2 I'm can I'm surprised to hear them boast a forty hour battery life. That is uh, a <laughs> that's, that's surprising <laughs> to me. That's it's optimistic. a
3: good <laughs> battery compared to the PS Five. Forty hours feels. Hang on it's to me but that much be because the
2: PS5 controller lasts like three hours yeah yeah it's not it's not 40 I can assure you that
0: <laughs> Brody um, do you like swap stuff on your controller all that much or do you like no said that. I said that, kind of kind of that la- the
2: generic stuff I said that last week I said it was pro- uh, elite controllers pretty much wasted on me I don't really uh, tinker with all the bits I've lost half the bits now I've, I've discovered I've uh, <laughs> well you I, can I, buy I, you can I, buy them back I, yeah you're right yeah you uh, can 80 bucks 80 bucks yeah <laughs> uh yeah I've got half the pedals and Luckily, I've still got the analog stick, so I'm I'm, I'm doing okay. But uh, eighty dollars yeah. so does feel like a lot, considering you can get a controller
0: on a sale for less than that. Like just a generic controller, it's a lot for doodads.
3: I yeah, it is. <laughs> a- again, though, like people, I don't know how much the um, Xbox design lab controllers are. I'm going to say like one twenty to one fifty, depending on what you got. That could be wrong, but I feel like this is a better investment than that. Kieran's looking yeah. at me like I'm crazy, so maybe it's not 120 to 150 But For regardless, what? if it were me... <laughs> For a if controller? I was buying, For an would, controller? It's like $100. Isn't the, it? the Design Lab, is
2: it $100? Oh, oh Design it, Lab. It depends oh. what you do. It depends what you do. They could, they could be yeah. much, much more than that. <laughs> it's like $15 engrave your name on it. <laughs>
3: yeah, I, th- I think it's a good... I think it's a good... It's, a, it's good to have choice, even if you can spend more adding... To be honest, this... This exists in a marketing sense so that you look at it and then look at the fact that it's going to cost you more to get the extra bundle than you just buy the 350 dollars one anyway. Like this exists to make the other one look like better value in my opinion. Do we know which yet is a how classic marketing technique.
2: Do we know how it stacks mm. up against the JouleSense Edge in terms of pricing and No, and that that, that was going to be my other
3: point. Like maybe this maybe they think that is going to come in at about the $200 mark and they feel like they need something in that price point, which something would be needling. smart. Mm. Yes.
0: They might have had this sat in the back burner ready for this mo- <coughs> moment. Wow. You okay? Just the day has come. You and yeah. finally lost his voice. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he thought of The Last of Us and broke down for a second. <laughs> uh, all right, Shannon. Continuing tech time with Shannon. The PlayStation update has officially dropped adding folders and 1440p supports. Is this the most excited you think you've been for a PlayStation update?
3: Honestly, no. Not really. Not no, for okay. me Like I don't ca- A lot of people care about 1440p Like I don't At all But I'm happy that's there I think it's stupid It took this long
1: Yeah And folders I, I haven't like played with off. yet okay.
0: No
3: Nor
1: have Has I, anyone I played Kieran, with them
0: I need some inspiration Yeah like Kieran what, what are you gonna do with the folders
1: Uh Well First of all I'm glad you didn't ask me about The white elite controller Because I've held one Um But Oh Moving, moving on Uh Oh <laughs> the- <laughs> We can go back to that no, no, no. How did it um, feel yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, I, I, fe- I, um, I was reading it. I can't remember who it was, but one of the PlayStation engineers tweeted something about the update today that I like. I kind of was like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it was like, you know, people don't really. It's it's only really the power users that go for the folders, and most people just want the ability to pin two or three games to their home screen. Um, yeah, and like I totally agree with that. Like I. I like the idea of organizing things, but uh, I've got like 3000 games or something stupid in my library. Now I'm not going to spend the time, especially in the new update. It's, it's, it very much just gives you like all of your games and you just like pick which ones you want to add to the folder. There's no way to like sort them or organize them ahead of time, which is kind of frustrating. Mm. Um, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like they, they need to make more improvements to the, the actual main home screen that, that bar, to make that a little bit more flexible before they start worrying about folders and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'd love the Switcher to become more useful as
1: well. Um, I'd love for it just to tell you what game is currently on so that I know that I'm not going to close something when I change games. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I hate that. I
3: I can't believe there's not like a quick resume. Like surely that's going to be on the pipeline. Mm. I still refuse to believe it, it 100% that, that Switcher would exists be, yeah. just for what it is. Yeah. So yeah,
0: that would excite me i did one of the things i did like though um i noticed that post update last night is that um if you kind of hover over a game rather than like just like play a game it's now got a join game option as well so if you've got friends like already in a joinable lobby rather than finding them from your friend list and doing it that way you can just do it from the game tile on the home screen um but just nice little kind of quality of life tweaks um like that that i'm pretty excited about Mm. the only folder i can think i might create is like a folder of games i want to play like i often install a whole bunch going i'll play this like down the line and i never do and it ends up just getting shuffled enough that list and i forget about it so if i had a folder on the home screen that was like the kind of playlist or something to playlist that'd be great um yeah um kieran I'm gonna ask you about hardware you have used. So, do you want to talk about the Xbox controller? How was it?
1: Nah, sorry. That's right. <laughs> it's fine. It felt like an elite controller. Does it controller. just feel
0: like a, an Xbox elite yeah. controller, and does it not yeah. feel any different? Yeah, he yeah, yeah, just wanted to it.
1: It's Did you feel like you wanted
0: to you wanted to customize any of it at all, or are you pretty happy with the kind of preset ones? Oh, on uh,
1: I was fine not customizing it because it didn't belong to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Like you being very vague
0: about this all of a sudden. Uh, let yeah. me ask you about your, the new... <laughs> Who did you, whose house did you break into? <laughs> Does it transform into something else? A handheld. <laughs> did you steal this controller? I'm so no, confused. No, no, Anyhow, no. Um, I wanted to ask you about the PlayStation headsets because I think both you and Shannon have been using the new... Is it the H9? Is that what it's called? I'm
1: forgetting. The end Zone H9, yeah. H9, yeah. How is it? Um, I've, I've been loving it. Like I don't often use a headset when I'm, uh, sitting up in my lounge playing, playing PS5. Um, mm. but I've been using it heaps, uh, not just because of like all the cool, like Tempest 3D audio stuff. Like it sounds really, really nice. Um, but it's also just super comfortable. Uh, I think if you're someone who's a big fan of Sony's like audio side of things, like their, uh, XM4, XM5, like headsets. Yeah. Um, like it, the design principles are pretty similar, so it's it feels like something I could wear uh, like all the time. So um, yeah, I'm re- I'm really enjoying it. I haven't really sort of played around too much with the noise cancelling or, or spoken to too many people online to gauge the mic quality, but the like the actual just general sound quality for playing games is great.
0: Yeah, I do know that yeah. both you and I are rocking out Nova Pro- <laughs> Nova <laughs> wireless ones <laughs> at the moment. No. though. gonna
3: harden me you to should.
1: part with
0: these. Um,
3: I, I agree. I agree with that. It's it's a very big headset. I don't really understand why it needed to be that big, considering the um, X, I I don't know what the other head. The Sony they are noise. It is significantly yeah. yes. bigger. That, they are, and I I I don't really get why that is. But they are comfortable, like Kieran said. But I don't know if I'd like wear them on a train or on an oh, airplane because no. no. they look like construction earmuffs. But they're comfortable, and the noise yeah. cancelling is good. And feature wise, they're great.
0: I feel like that's always a thing that like gaming headset manufacturers like expect you to do, like wear them out and about. And I've never once done that. I reckon these, like, I just, might be the closest I've ever come to considering it. But even then, I've got like one th- of just, my Bose ones kicking around, which are just that I
1: don't know. I d- that, I'd, I'd, that
3: I'd, I don't get yet. it because I think the internals are the fours, and they've been designed with the fives externally, like the band and everything else. But then it's like yep. four times
1: the size of them. But maybe they think it's meant to be together, like both headsets. I think it's meant to be if you put it next to your PlayStation, it makes your PS5 look like a regular-sized console. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I, oh.
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> it's, a desi- it was, it's a design
3: choice and not a technical thing. That's what yeah. annoys me the most about the size, I think.
0: Yeah. Brody, if I'm not mistaken, you got you like went out and got a Pulse headset specifically for The Last of Us Part 1, right? Yeah. Would you recommend 3D audio to those that haven't kind of given it a go yet? Um, yeah, sure. If you're, uh, if you're... Okay. Not
2: if a very endorsement. <laughs> if you, if you, oh, yeah. I mean, if you of, had to to save your life. Of all the, <laughs> of all the presentation facets of a game, I, I think audio is probably one of the ones that compels me the least. But, um, Fair, okay. uh, that said, I'm, I'm not sure. Had I played Returnal, maybe I'd be able to give you a more glowing endorsement. But mm-hmm. uh, The Last of mm. Us was fine for our 3D audio, audio but um, I'm sure there's better applications for it.
0: My favorite thing about the Last of Us is that, like, you
2: like squeak open a door and
0: you hear like a clicker in the distance. Like, it kind of does that really well. Um, mm. But I don't know if that's necessarily three D. Someone with stereo headset, let me know. Um, anyhow, quick fire question today is actually still kind of like tech themed. It's a very tech heavy podcast. Uh, Karen, why do people buy camo PlayStation accessories?
1: Uh I feel as though any attempt that I make to try to understand or put myself in the shoes of someone who would buy these would result in a complete mental break. so I'm gonna not answer that question.
0: <laughs> it's a good rapid response to what was not a yes or no question. <laughs> I I don't know either. I, I really I don't, I don't know. Br- Brody, my only guess is
2: that they're kind of like hunting aficionados. I, I was going I, I to say, I think the Venn diagram between camo, controller buys and like, <laughs> would be pretty high. Um, <laughs> yeah. <like. laughs> oh my
0: God. Uh, okay. I, <laughs> I don't know what response I expected, to be honest, but I well, guess I should have no. seen that coming. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's play What the Wiki. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> press-up podcast game show where the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page from an unknown game and where the contestants must guess the game. The first to guess two games correctly wins the round and takes home the point. James is still pretty comfortably in the lead on 10. Brody just pined on two, though, and a good opportunity to narrow that gap today. Uh, myself and Shannon are tied on six apiece. Kieran's on one, and Harry and Stephen, sadly, still with nil points. points. Um, as last week's winner, I am today's host... Much to everyone's, including mine, surprise. Um, so, without further ado, I will read you game number one. The player controls a disgraced member of the Pinkerton National Detective Agency, emotionally scarred from the acts of violence he committed at the Battle of Wounded Knee. Brody? Faced with mounting. Brody? Is this.
2: Oh, Bioshock Infinite? It is Bioshock Infinite. Well done. I was going to say P- Area 51, P- 51 P- for a second. Oh. The Pinkerton part threw me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well done, Brody's off the mark. Just needs one more game to win the point. Game number two. The game was the fastest growing app in the history of iOS upon its release. It made 1.6 million US dollars in its first four days and over 23 million by the end of 2011. It was well received by gaming critics. Reviewers pays the, praised the graphics and compared the mobile game favorably to console games. Critics also praised the swipe-based combat system but split, um, but split opinions on the c- cyclical gameplay as either addictive or repetitive. Chair later released an arcade port and two sequels. Brody.
1: Author
2: Brandon... S- Brody? Uh,
1: I know it, but I don't know the name.
2: Is it... Sh- uh, I'm the, I, I know the developer, but I don't think it's this game. Is it Shadow Complex? It's not Shadow nah. Complex,
0: No. no Author yeah. Brandon Sanderson also wrote two novellas set between oh. the games. In the primary portion of the game, the player character traver- travels a uh, mostly linear path through a ruined castle and fights <sighs> one-on-one battles with oversized enemies. The path through the castle is a series of discrete locations where the player can pan the camera around the stationary player character to view a fully three-dimensional area. The player taps locations highlighted on screen to trigger either a short cut scene as the player character moves to the next location or a sword battle with an enemy. During combat, the player Shannon. controls the sword. Oh. Shannon. Shannon. I feel sword like you guys are getting No, it's not. It's not. That no. It? I, it's, I, I that was game? literally. I was notes that these are not the right answers, but doesn't know what the right answer I, is. I know.
1: I was talking about this game to someone literally yesterday. <laughs> I used to um, play it. It's like on the Unreal Engine and shit as well. It was like it was wild it, at the time oh yeah. uh, yes, I've nearly, Channel... I've nearly finished the paragraph.
0: No, no, I've nearly finished the paragraph. Kieran still got a couple of sentences. I don't know that name. During combat, though, but the player controls the character's sword by swiping a finger across the screen. Players can touch icons at the bottom of the screen to dodge attacks by ducking right or left, or to block attacks with a shield, which has a limited number of uses during a single battle. Players may also parry incoming attacks with an intercepting sword move. That, for example, parries an attack from the left and a swipe mm-hmm. to the right. You guys are all picturing this game in your head. Can I right? just give
1: you one That's word? That's the
0: end of the paragraph.
1: Yeah, give us one word.
0: Uh, I'll, I will say, I if you the think point? back to the previous game and what oh. the wiki, you might pick up yes, on the scene. Yes, no,
1: Kieran. Kieran? Infinite, Infinity Blade. It
0: is Infinity Blade. Well yeah, I <laughs> knew done, Blade. Kieran. I knew it was Blade. I cannot I knew remember Infinite. it being Infinity Blade. <sighs> <laughs> All right, game number three. The game is a video game that combines mechanics from the music genre, g- music game genre, and rail shooters. Players take the role of a hacker Shannon. infiltrating a Shannon. No, it's Brody's gonna say Res Res Infinite. Ah, that
1: is it. Is, it. that is ah. correct. Yeah. Shannon. <laughs> 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 okay, <yeah.
0: laughs> God, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. All right, we're to a tiebreaker. I love this. Um, all right, uh, you've all, you're all dialed in now, so I expect you to be quick on the buzzer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the game is an action adventure with physical toys, open-world creation, and a story-driven gameplay. Brody. Characters, pl- Brody, which is one. infinity It is Disney Infinity. Fine. Well done,
1: Brody. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I was like Skyland is Disney Infinity, whatever that Ubisoft spaceship one was. <laughs> I think it had to have something to do with infinity.
0: If
2: I'm picking oh. it, in
0: the spirit of Assassin's Creed Infinity and Halo Infinite being topics of the today's show, I picked more games wow. that had infinite or go. infinity in the title. Wow!
3: There you go. Groundbreaking.
0: <laughs> uh, well, Brody, you've narrowed that gap now between you and James. Just a point there. So, um, I like to rig it, like, it next week. So he's back on the show next week, <laughs> and he can. Uh, yeah yeah this is this is the problem with like swapping hosts because yeah you could rig it so it's like james like i have far too much movie tie-ins and i pick them up (laughs) and not james anyhow with that let's bring an end to what was this week's episode of the press Start podcast subscribe to us on listener or the podcast service of your choice follow us at press.au and visit the site at au. we've been joined today by shannon
3: you can follow me at ShanCake underscore big week coming up on the site with disney and marvel event and obviously the ubisoft stuff on sunday then kieran is hopefully off to japan next week for tgs so more action-packed goodness coming up
2: uh also joining us there was Brody. uh thanks you can follow me on most things at Brody underscore dg and last but not least it was kieran
1: yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at h a s h underscore b-r-a-u-n, and hopefully all week I'll be posting stuff from TGS if I don't get deported.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is it visa, passport issues? I'm curious. Now. Yeah, that
1: one. Visa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Not fun. But we'll good, see. Well, good luck. And
0: I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Sounds like we're in for a big episode next week, so cannot wait for it. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: Bye.